Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, how to grow your organizational and productivity practice, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. With every episode, we're going to learn from subject matter experts who can help you build your business in areas like marketing, HR, and finance. We'll also introduce you to business owners who are out there just like you are, and we'll learn from their successes and challenges. Please welcome your host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hello there. This is Sarah Karakayan, your host of Stand Out, growing your organizing and productivity business. Question for you. Have you been posting content on your blog with text and either stock imagery, or maybe you've even stepped it up and included photographs of your own work without seeing much engagement? Or maybe you were seeing engagement and now you've kind of flatlined wondering how to rise above the competition in your area or even nationally, but you're just not sure how. These were concerns of mine too, until my business coach told me about this videopreneur she met who explained to her how valuable YouTube and videos in general can be as part of your marketing strategy. His name is Brighton West, and he began his video journey making narrative and documentary videos, but he always was behind the camera. Along the way, he learned that being on camera was more influential, beneficial, and profitable than being behind it. So he overcame his on-camera jitters and now helps his clients turn the camera on themselves. Brighton has built his business by creating YouTube tutorials about using YouTube in business. Through this channel, he's positioned himself as the expert for coaches, authors, and speakers who want to grow their global audience with YouTube. Brighton works with clients around the world, handling the technical and strategic side of YouTube and teaching them to record their own videos. His team then edits, uploads, and optimizes the videos, then gets them ready for a promotion to position the coach as an expert in their niche. Brighton also teaches clients how to do everything necessary to be successful on YouTube, from picking topics, writing a script, shooting, and uploading to optimize the video to attract potential clients. Brighton, I think everyone is on their toes about this conversation, so welcome to the show. Great. Well, well, thank you very much, Sarah. That was a great <laughs> intro. I love that. I was like, oh my God, I've, I've never like listened to it that way. You, you made it sound amazing. You guys sound so impressive. <laughs> <laughs> That's my job. No, you are impressive. And um, you know, full disclosure, I've recently started working with you and I've been very excited about the change I'm seeing. You know, it's not an overnight situation, obviously, but even my past clients and people I've just started working with were like, I watched that video and I just feel more comfortable with you now, or I feel like I kind of know you before I've even brought you into my home. So even that value has been totally worth it. Um, I want to start talking to you about those early days that I quickly mentioned in the intro. Um, Let's talk about you when you were behind the camera and when did it hit you that you were on the wrong side? Okay, great question. So I started out, I started out before YouTube. My friends, I was living in Atlanta, all my friends worked for CNN. And so as a hobby, they would make videos and that's kind of how I got into it. So we would make these fun videos and show them to all our friends and even created like a little internet site, which had, you know, 
online videos that were the size of the thumbnail on YouTube um, because that was right. what the technology could do. And then YouTube came along and, oh my God, here's this free platform. It's just amazing. And they'll even pay you if you become popular. Um, but really, you know, what we were doing was, um, you know, it was fun stuff. And I, I started to do some, as you mentioned, documentaries, narratives, um, and I did a web series. And the web series became very popular in the Pacific Northwest because it was very specific. If you've ever seen Portlandia, it was a Portlandia. Uh -huh. So it only played out really well in the Pacific Northwest. And people started asking me, hey, how do you, um, how do, you do that? How do you get on camera? Uh, or or how, do you, how do you be successful like that? And so that was kind of the birth of my business. But learning to be on camera, I funded it with a Kickstarter. And if you've ever done a Kickstarter or seen one, the, the person asking for the money really has to be on camera. And that was my first experience on camera. I swear, I spent about four hours in my backyard talking to the camera and erasing the footage and starting over. And my wife kept saying, it's fine, it's fine, it's good, you, you've got it. And I kept saying, no, I'm blinking too much or I'm just getting it wrong. And so I realized, you know, one, that in order to get that money that I needed for my web series, uh, that I had to do it, um, and two, that it was really hard. And I also learned to get over myself and just realize that, <laughs> hey, this is what you have to do. Um, and, and actually, there was, there was one other particular point. I had this web series, and um, like I said, it was based on Portlandia, and the lead actor got written up in Portlandia magazine. And they had a, a, a like a, a character caricature sketch of him and everything, and I was like, "Oh my God, that guy! He shows up. He hardly knows his lines. <laughs> I wrote it. I you know I directed it. I do everything for this. They didn't do a story on me. They did a story on him um, because he was on screen. And that was the point where I was like, "Okay, that's it. Turning the camera around. I'm going to be the the uh, the on camera personality." And it took a bit. Um, so now I understand what many people go through when they're trying to uh, get on camera for the first time. I think that's what makes you so great as someone to have on your side when you are venturing into the world of YouTube is because a lot of people are terrified of having the camera on them. What do I say? How do I say it? What if I look weird? So what, how long was that journey for you to go from, or did you kind of just feel like you would never feel perfect, so you kind of just went for it and published something, and then you got better over time? Um, I think it was the latter, that um, I realized the sun was setting on my Kickstarter video, and I was doing this outside, so I was like, okay, well, I can't just keep doing this all night. I have to go for it. Um, and it was successful, and we raised our goal, and I realized that you know, what I saw in myself, other people didn't see. Uh, and I think that's just very right. common, um, is that you see all the tiny little things or you hear the little ticks and whatnot. Um, so I kind of realized that I, I, you know, I would get better and that I wasn't starting off as bad as I expected. And here's kind of a little, um, kind of a, a fun little fact is if you, if you go and you use your selfie camera on your, your iPhone or something like that, um, or mm -hmm. you know, you'll notice that the background is reversed most of the time. Right. And you know, if there's any right. words back there, they're reversed. And that's because that's the way we see ourselves in the mirror. This is my theory. That's how we see ourselves. But normally with video, it's opposite. So it's kind of like how we don't like how we look in pictures. It's because mm -hmm. we're very used to seeing ourselves the opposite direction. But 
people are used to seeing us this way. So they think it looks completely natural when we're on camera, right. but we think it looks kind of funky. So it takes a bit, right. takes a bit to get used to it and to, you know, to feel confident. But um, yeah, you just kind of have to get started. And, and I think that yeah. right now there's so many places that are using video online. Um, you can get started in many very safe spaces. Gotcha. Well, let's talk about those safe spaces. Let's say someone here is saying, okay, I can totally do this. I can, I can use my smartphone, whatever you have, and I can do this. Where should someone start? Should they just create a channel and just start talking? Or what do you recommend as a good first step or two? So the first step I usually uh, recommend is get on your personal Facebook page. Um, and okay. because that's where your most kind audience is going to be. Um, those are your friends and family. And um, they're going to be positive. Um, hopefully you've got a couple people on there, you know, maybe uncle or something <laughs> who's like willing to like go there and be like, Oh yeah, I think you need to brush your hair or something, but sure, um, sure. it's a great place to start and just get used to it. Um, and it's kind of like going to Toastmasters for public speaking because you know, everyone's there to support each other. And then, you know, once you feel like, okay, well this whole camera thing really wasn't that hard. Um, you know, start out with a YouTube channel and start posting helpful content. and. As you mentioned, it's not an overnight type of thing. YouTube is a slow growth thing. And it is, you know, the first video, not too many people are going to watch. And then it just kind of grows over time. And then the way the videos kind of um, intersect with one another and create this big web, it just creates that growth. And then it keeps growing and it lasts kind of forever. Um, you know, back in 2006, I posted some videos. Um, they were little funny videos and I'm still making a little bit of money off of them because people are still watching them. Um, so it is, um, you know, kind of a, a, a long-term, but, um, start slow type of place. And it's also kind of fun. Like I don't take down my original videos and I get to see how I've come along and other people can do that too. Um, and they're, yeah, that can be slightly embarrassing, but I like to use Marie Forleo as a um, example here. And if you're not familiar with Marie, she has Marie TV, very beautiful YouTube um, series, uh, gets watched by hundreds of thousands of people each week. And you know, she's got her own studio and it's gorgeous and her own hair people and makeup and whatnot. But if you go back, flip through all the pages in her channel back to her first video, it's her in her sweats sitting on her couch with an iPad. Um, and <laughs> it's, it's valuable content that she gives at that time, but it's really pretty, yeah. you know, it, it's, she's pretty normal, um, and she's grown. So I think it's really cool to go back and look at where people started and realize that, you know, even Maria Forleo started on her couch. Right. We all start somewhere. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and it was, it looked like a comfortable couch. So it's a good, good place yeah, to start. Yeah, right, right. So let's talk about then real quick about why YouTube? Let's say, uh, you know, okay, but people tell me to post blogs. So they do that. Or, um, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm always posting something new and I'm engaging with people. Why should we add video to our arsenal to make a difference in our business? Great. I think there's actually two questions in there. Uh, the first yes, there one probably is. <laughs> is, um, why should we use video? And the second one is yeah. why should we use YouTube? And I want to start yes. out by saying you don't need to use every single social media platform. Um, I say pick one or two um, that you're comfortable with and go for it full force. Um, 
and also have it be one where your clients are. So, uh, you know, probably in the world of organizers, that's probably something like Pinterest or Instagram. Um, and, and those do video. YouTube is, is great because it's, it's the second largest search engine in the world. And that's really the big part of YouTube is it's where people are going to find answers to their questions. Mm. So they might be going there to you know, answer the question, like, how do I organize my closet or something like that? Right. Um, it's a great place to have that type of content. So if you're, if you're comfortable there and your client is going there to find, you know, that's where they are hanging out, it's a great place to be. Um, but let me go back to why video. Um, video yes. is just, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's the new thing. It's been around for a long time, but it's the in thing right now. Um, you know, take Facebook, for example. Uh, you know, if you've got a Facebook page recently, they changed the algorithm where you're not getting much engagement uh, with your, or you're not getting much view with your audience, uh, exposure to your audience. Uh, but if you're using live video, they're giving you a lot more exposure. So what they found is that people like video. Um, that's when they're going on their social media or they're going on the internet, they prefer video as a way to get information. So these platforms are saying, okay, well, if someone's making video, let's share that more often than if they're posting text. So mm -hmm. um, like, you know, with LinkedIn, LinkedIn just added native video and native video means that it's, you record it into LinkedIn, you upload it direct to LinkedIn um, instead of like uploading it to, or to YouTube and then linking it over, embedding it in LinkedIn. Um, okay. If you post a LinkedIn video, you know, way more people see your post than if you post a YouTube video or if you just post text. So ah. right now we're in kind of this golden age of video where if you're doing it, you're going to reach more people. And I'm sure that's going to change in the future and turn to if you're posting 3D video or if you're posting virtual reality or, you know, whatever it's going to be in the future that people are going to love uh, right now is video. So now's a good time. Um, and also I want to say, that for people who are coaches or people who kind of give advice and help people or invite people into their home um, mm -hmm. or, or are invited into people's homes, I guess, it, creating that know, like, and trust factor, video is the best way to do it outside of personal interactions. So you really get to know people. Um, and uh, like you mentioned, you know, some of your clients or, or you know, potential clients said they, you know, they, they were comfortable with you and whatnot. It's interesting when you start posting videos, People start interacting like with you, like they're your, they're your good friend because they yeah. feel that way. They've seen you on camera so many times, and it's a very, you know, natural interaction. They're like, "Hey, you know, it's it's Brighton West. How's it going?" Like I've I've been at at conferences where I've done that to other people and been like, "Oh my god," <laughs> you know, a little fan. <laughs> like, wait, you don't you don't know me? I'm like, this is right. cool. <laughs> yeah, actually, you're a great person to ask too. So you say, you know to go on to, to YouTube and to create these videos to give valuable content. Mm -hmm. And I know that you do that for your audience, for clients like myself and potential clients. Is there, are we ever at risk at giving away too much information with these videos or how do you feel about that? Um, I feel like we are never at risk of giving away too much because that's also, we're in the golden age of giving away everything. Um, yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Like all my videos, I have courses and I work with private clients. Obviously I work with you. Um, I, most of what this knowledge is that I have is also available free on the internet. And if it's not available for me, it's available from someone else. I mean, there, you know, Tim right. Fryer and Daryl Eves, there's a lot of people um, that are creating similar content and giving it away. And I learn from them and they learn from me, but 
it's really, you know what, if you're not giving it away, someone else will. So you might as well be the person giving it away so that they get to know you because when someone wants to then take it up a level, you're going to be their go-to person. So if they're just kind of like looking at closet organizing ideas, they might be looking at a number of people online um, and they'll say, okay, watch 10 videos. And when they're like, okay, well, you know, Sarah did this, this video and I really liked her and she's in my part of the country. I want her to work with me directly. But if you're not there on video, you're not even in the game. Um, So give it all away. And then when you want to sell it, you just repackage it and make it higher value. So my classes, for instance, are, you know, they're, they're very well organized and they take you from each step down, down the way. And there's often interaction with me, there's PDFs. So there's more value when I'm asking people to pay, but the knowledge is pretty much free on the internet. I just answer their question. Um, but if they want the whole thing and they want it to be as efficient as possible for them to learn, then they're going to probably pay me. Right. Right. It's interesting that you work with coaches specifically. That's kind of like your main focus. Although, you know, right now with videos with me and my husband, we not only do organizing work, but we also do home improvement. Um, so we're more of the, the how to get your hands dirty Mm -hmm. uh, type of channel, but you work with coaches. And I think that's valuable for our listeners because a lot of, um, uh, professional organizers and productivity specialists do a lot of coaching, whether it's teaching other new organizers how to become organizers or um, a lot of virtual organizing where their clients are right there on the screen and they're kind of just coaching them through the process of being more productive or being more organized. So why do you find coaches as your sweet spot? What is it about coaches that can really benefit from YouTube? Uh, Well, there's actually, there's, there's two answers to that. One is that coaches, there is that real need for um, that know, like, and trust factor. That really, mm-hmm. uh, and if people are out there on the internet watching your stuff, they're going to come to you more ready to work with you in the future. And um, actually, I got this whole idea of working with coaches. I met this woman, Marsha Shandor. She's, she's Canadian, and she was using YouTube videos for her coaching practice. She was a networking coach. She taught people how to feel comfortable and interact with other people in networking situations. But she was, um, I always struggle with trying to find the words to describe her. She was, she was a very interesting person. She was very unusual. Um, Uh and, and that was her thing though. And so before YouTube, she'd get a lot of clients that would have a discovery call and they would be like, Oh, you don't know this. You're a little bit strange. I'm looking for someone different to teach me about networking. Um, but when she started posting YouTube videos and she would put on different wigs and wear really funky makeup and she would kind of go through her, who she is and how she wanted to be. She found that those clients that weren't perfect clients just weren't even scheduling a discovery call. And the people who really got that and were, you know, liked that were super excited to work with her. So she was able to kind of pre-qualify her clients so they could pre-qualify themselves before they kind of wasted her time with a discovery call or whatnot. So she was attracting people that loved her and kind of pushing away the people who didn't. Um, so that's kind of, you know, where I realized how powerful it was for coaches. And then the second part of that answer is I just really like working with positive people. Um, (laughs) and so when I formed my own business, I, I looked at real estate agents and I looked at speakers, um, you know, people who could, profit from online video. 
Um, and coaches were the ones that really resonated with me the most. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I'm going to have a business where I serve people who are serving other people that resonated with me. And they're people who want to help people. And it just, yeah, a very positive place to be. We think so too, whether it's you're <laughs> making your office more productive or your home more organized or, or you want to start a business. Um, it, uh, organizers are really great great positive group of people too. So right, exactly. I think I it's just it's, it's people who are in service to other people. Um, right. Kind of, you know, when I first I explored the speaker thing for a while and there were some speakers who were coaches and I was like, oh that's cool. But there were some speakers who were like, this is how you get rich quick. And I was like, that's not, you know, and I think like with with organizers, it's the same thing. It's like you've got a skill that you're trying to share with other people. Um, mm-hmm. and that that resonates with me. I think that's also something important just to to highlight is that you kind of found your ideal audience, those that you want to attract and you know who you want to repel. And I think that's probably helped you find success in this business of yours, knowing that you don't have to please everybody or work with everybody. If you kind of have this focus, the type of people that you know will help you make your job more fun, you're just going to do better overall, right? Yes. I, I, I completely agree. Um, yeah, I love, I mean, it just makes it more fun to go to work each day. And when you make your own business, right. you get to decide who your clients are. Um, and not to say that, you know, I don't take on clients sometimes where it's like, oh, I just need some uh, money in the door right now. But I mean, like, like you guys, you guys were a stretch. I remember like when we first talked in the beginning, um, Allison Task, your coach, uh, recommended yes. that we work together. And I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of like a stretch for me. But then yep. I got to to meet you and Nick and I was like, okay, these guys are fun. And they're actually some of the more fun videos that we work on now, um, especially yeah. because you're you're having fun too. You're, you're doing that. You're not wearing wigs and makeup, but you're letting your OCD <laughs> show through and, you know, kind of doing some fun things with the, with the dog and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I think that was that's part of it is is making sure that I can help people deliver and you know help them become profitable or, or be more profitable with the service I offer, but also that I want to have people that I like working with. Right. So that goes to say when when if our listeners start making their own video, to really not be afraid to be yourself. Mm-hmm. If if you have a quirk about yourself, that's probably what your clients love most about you or how relatable you are. Maybe you haven't always been organized or <laughs> maybe you prefer to come over and help me get organized and you bring a fun wig over. I mean, whatever it is, that's your weird quirk. It's kind of like go with it because that might be the thing that makes you uh, successful. Yeah, I think it goes down to like, you know, really just having a really strong, narrow niche. Um, and that's what I found when I when I started out saying that I help small businesses that help other people that are personality based to use YouTube to reach, actually it was to use any form of online video to reach a broader audience. People looked at me and they were like, okay, um, not sure what that all meant. Um, versus <laughs> now it's like, well, I help coaches who are authors and speakers use YouTube to reach a worldwide audience. And people are like, Oh, yeah. I've got a coach friend who's an author and a speaker and wants a worldwide audience. Um, that right. let me connect you with them. And that's how it, it just, it's so much better when you have that very specific, right. Who you serve. Right. Okay. So now that we have an understanding about why YouTube is important, that it's the number two search engine out there. Um, it's does us no good if we don't know how to measure growth, but before we get to your answer about how to do that, we're going to take a very quick break and then we will be right back. 
The Acceleration Learning Series offered by the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals includes Ask the Organizer panels, Business Building Block Sessions, and Connecting with Corporate Partner Presentations. These one-hour conference calls are only available to NAPO members. Visit napo.net to learn more about membership and our Acceleration Learning Series. Okay, we are back. Uh, Brighton has been so generous with his information about YouTube being an important uh, part of our marketing strategy. You want to be on whatever social media platforms where your clients are, but if you add video to that, it's really going to make you stand out. But if we're making videos and we're not measuring our growth, we don't know if our videos are A, reaching our target audience, and B, if people are watching them. So Brighton, how do we do that in the most <laughs> least techie, uh, least intimidating way. How how can we do that? Can we do that? Hmm. Yeah. So it was that was going to be a really easy answer until you said least techie. Um, <laughs> I mean, do your best. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess I mean, really, there's going to be some techie going on sure, if you're sure. looking at measuring your growth and. What YouTube is looking at, I mean, what's really easy to see on YouTube is how many people viewed your your um, videos, you know, so is that okay. number one or is that number 200 or is that number 2000? Um, that's not really how YouTube tracks your growth necessarily. They want to see how long people watched your videos. So um, I think that people have to watch for 30 seconds to, to have it count as a view on YouTube. Um, but if they watch for 30 seconds and then they stop and they're like, eh, that wasn't a very good video, um, that's... YouTube doesn't like that, and that's not helpful to your to your business. So you have to go a step deeper. YouTube has great analytics, um, and they break them down where like your your the panel that you go to that you see kind of has your top things that you need to be looking at. Like, um, okay. you know, where are people coming from? What what countries are people coming from? Like, that's a good one. Like, if you're if you're serving people in the United States, but your entire audience is coming from India, um, something's not working. Um, and you know, how are you on the upward trend in terms of how much time people are spending watching? Uh, are you on the upward trend of how many people are subscribing to your channel? Um, and then you can really dig in. And that's where you can say like, oh, um, you know, this is something actually Sarah and I need to chat about is like how the traffic from Instagram, uh, when you really dig into the analytics, like what are those people doing? Like, okay, if people are coming from Instagram, how much time are they spending versus if someone comes from your website, um, they're spending a lot more time on YouTube. So you can really dig in and say, okay, what are these people doing? One thing I like to look at is, um, kind of the growth in different types of ways that people find your videos. So like for me, it's growth in search. So like if people are searching on the internet and they're not finding your videos and then that starts to grow to be a big percentage of how people are finding you um, versus say coming from your website. So coming from your website, people already know you. If you're getting traffic from search, that means you're getting new people coming in and finding you. Um, so that's a great opportunity that shows that it's working. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and actually one other thing, one other yeah. one other geeky thing um, is that yes. you can you know be looking at your website too. Um, how much traffic is going to your website from YouTube, and how much time are they spending there? Um, and is it is that an effective uh, kind of funnel over? So yeah, I think that was probably the end of that thought was um, that you know you can see how the traffic moved over. Gotcha. So is YouTube 
a pay to play platform at the end of the day, like Facebook is kind of becoming, or can we um, just really hustle on our side and share it all over the place and still see growth? Uh, that is a great question. Um, and the way I look at it is um, it's, it's not necessarily a pay to play platform. They'll actually pay you if you get big enough um, and okay. you don't have to be that big. But um, so it is creating amazing content and sending all those people over from, you know, your, your current audiences and whatnot, bringing them in to YouTube and you will do well. That said, um, YouTube getting, you know, having, buying the, uh, the advertising to, to promote your videos, I find it be really helpful in the beginning because like if you've got one subscriber and that subscriber is your mom and right. you can, you know, she'll watch the video and share it with her friends or something like that. But if you can pay just like a dollar or two and get an extra hundred people to watch your video, that's just a huge benefit compared to what you can do on your own. So I usually start out with some advertising just because the, the cost is so low compared to the proportional benefit to what you can do on your own. Right. Okay. Um, you actually just triggered two other questions. One being how popular do we want to be so that we can start getting, you, you keep, you mentioned being popular and getting paid by YouTube. So, um, when does that happen? Is that a probability for, for coaches and, and organizers and people in this niche or what, what's your thought on that? Yeah. So with most of my clients, I recommend that that not be one of their goals, um, that okay. to make money off of YouTube. It's a very small dollar amount. And typically the, the real value is positioning yourself as an expert and then having people hire you because they're going to pay you a lot more money than you're going to get in advertising revenue. That said, if you become one of the top people out there and your videos are getting thousands of views each, and I think that's kind of, that's what I suggest. Like if you're getting 5,000 views per video, it's probably worth it to start turning on the advertising because you're going to be getting, you know, some, some checks from, from YouTube. But before that, actually, they've changed the rules that they've, you know, most of the smaller channels just got kicked out. Actually, they're, they're getting kicked out right about now. Um, from the monetization program um, because, I mean, two things. One is that the advertisers were a little nervous about advertising on small channels. And the second thing is those people were never going to get a check anyway. Um, they were just, you know, their bank account was going up by a penny every two weeks or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think there's, um, you know, it, it's not necessarily a goal, but the key is if you're producing really awesome content um, and it turns to the point where everyone wants to watch your videos, uh, YouTube, I think is the only platform out there that will share the advertising revenue with you. Like if you post stuff to, to Facebook, I think maybe a couple people are getting paid on Facebook, but you know, you're sharing awesome content on Facebook. Facebook's making all the money. Right, right, right. So what is, how do we measure that popularity? Is it, um, how many subscribers we have? You mentioned views per video. Is it a combination of both? How do we know that we've kind of hit that? Okay, I'm doing pretty good. I should maybe apply for some advertising. Um, yeah, great question. I think that um, the best form of, um, of success is like uh, comments and interaction. So how much are people mm. really like getting on with watching every one of your videos? Um, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, once you're hitting that, 
that 5,000 views per video. I think that's a good time. And um, it's usually something where I think you'll start getting emails from people saying, hey, can I help you start advertising on YouTube? Because okay. you know, they think that you're going to be a valuable, you know, they split the money with you and help you with it. But um, um, yeah, I think it's just a question of, you know, really looking at it. I mean, I think you get about, on average, a quarter of a penny per view. <laughs> Um, okay. so you really have to be, you know, making enough, getting enough views to be able to say, oh yeah, if I lose a client because they watched a ad, um, and go off somewhere else instead of watching my video and, and like signing on to be my, my direct client, um, right. when is it worth it to do that? Right. Right. And you kind of have to know your, your why it sounds like, right. do you want to be just, uh, is it a popularity contest for you or do you want more clients? Right, exactly. Um, and I think the other thing is to really look at those other models of how to make money on YouTube. Uh, you know, because there is that advertising. That's what most people see because it's it's the clear thing. You know, you watch that six seconds of video and you skip it. Um, everyone sees that. But um, affiliate deals where, you know, that's I, I make a good chunk of money from Amazon where, um, you know, I, I say, oh, yeah, well, this microphone here is the Blue Yeti and it's awesome. And then some people go to my um, go to the link below and they go to Amazon and then I make a couple dollars or something like that. Yeah. Um, so that's a great way to do it. Or just getting a brand deal like with, you know, maybe Blue Yeti's like, hey, here, you know, we'll pay you to talk on our microphone. Um, so there's a number right. of different ways outside of the advertising or even the getting clients directly. Um, mm -hmm. And I've noticed that there's different, um, different levels of profitability, um, depending on what niche you're in. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of a whole nother topic, but, um, I think that people in the home, um, organizing field would probably be doing pretty well as through affiliate revenue. Yes, I think so too. I mean, and, and I think it probably goes without saying, but to only, uh, promote or talk about things that you truly believe in because people can see through you wanting just to make a dollar. <laughs> but um, that being said, I know that I come back to the same stuff that I use either with clients or on my own projects that um, I'm happy to say you guys should use this. It will change your life. And if you can get a little bit of money from that, I mean, that sounds great to me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. This is a business. So yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think the main goal should be helping people, but if aside benefits like, you know, affiliate links or brand deals. And that's great. But to mm -hmm. keep the focus on, on helping people, then you'll probably do okay. Um, okay. Let's talk about some of the specifics. Um, how long should videos be? Should we be creating hour long videos? What's, what's this time commitment look like for your average coach organizer? Yeah. Um, so I think this is, I mean, it's kind of an interesting question. It's a very common question. And I, I usually give it the, the kind of uh, gray area answer of as long as the video <laughs> needs to be in not a minute longer. Um, okay. But so what I think about is how do I watch videos? And I look and I'm like, okay, well, so I'm typing in, you know, how to organize my closet. And I've got a kind of a, an idea in my head how long it should take to explain that to me. Um, uh -huh. So if someone creates a 30 second video on how to organize my closet, I'm probably not going to watch it because I'm going to look at it and go, there's no way someone can explain that in 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, gotcha. But if there's then a five minute video and a 20 minute video, I'll probably go, hmm, maybe in five minutes I can get some real value without having to watch all the way through 20 minutes. So I think it's kind of like looking at the expectations of your audience um, and being able to provide what you 
you know, what they're looking for in that time period. So be able to provide their value without providing extra fluff, I guess. Yeah. Um, keep so, the fluff out. Um, but somewhere around five minutes, three to five minutes, I think is kind of the, the best. It's getting a little bit longer. People are watching YouTube a little bit longer. Um, and oh, the other thing, I just read the statistic that the average view on Facebook, I think is eight seconds long. So uh, if you're doing Facebook video, make them quick. Yes. Well, I feel like Facebook videos are all those like silly, like gifts. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's more of that like real quick piece of entertainment. And then you just keep flipping through. Right. Or like you said, because you can't really, maybe you can search Facebook for, for how to or informational content, but not like you can with, with YouTube. Yeah. And that's actually so, a great, a great comment there is that, um, each one of these platforms is different. And what the reason why people are on those platforms is different. So uh, YouTube, mm-hmm. second largest search engine, is pe- where people are going to find something that they're looking for. Um, Facebook, they're going there to find like entertainment or kind of like to just, it's, it's kind of like mindlessly watching TV. It's just going there to kind of get something, but it's, you're not searching for anything in particular. And I think that's... Um, so Facebook's a great way to stay top of mind with your clients, but I feel like right. YouTube is a great way to meet new people who are searching for what you offer. Right. Okay. Um, what kind of equipment should we be using? Do we need fancy DSLR cameras? I don't even know if that's like the right terminology because all I have is my iPhone, but what should we, is that enough? Is, is our, our smartphones enough? Yes, definitely. A start with what you've got. There's no reason to go out and spend money. Um, <laughs> It's, yeah, DSLRs are great. Um, They can produce beautiful video if you know how to use them. But what I've seen is most people who go out and spend that money don't know how to make that camera um, produce something beautiful. So they end up with something that looks like it came out of their iPhone, even though they used an $800 camera to produce it. Um, So iPhone cameras are amazing. Um, Even, you know, we're using um, webcam cameras today um, to for this, just as we're talking to see each other. Uh, I know this is audio, right. but um, you know, that's, that's pretty good. Just, you can get an external webcam is usually better than an internal one. Um, and maybe a microphone, uh, like a, mm-hmm. a lavalier microphone to pick up better sound uh, and something to hold the camera steady. I guess that's the other thing is, um, but you can get all of this. I recommend to clients uh, like a $75 kit of stuff, including like a tripod, something to hold your uh, to attach your iPhone to your tripod, um, a little lavalier microphone, and just one light. Um, so ideally, you're just using natural light coming in the window um, and, you know, something. I even, I used um, a, you know, those little things that you use to suction cup your smartphone to your windshield so that you can like, yes. get, like heads up display as it's showing you the, um, the direction somewhere. Um, yes. Take one of those suction cup your iPhone or your Android um, to a window, and you've got your tripod. It's holding it steady. It's at the right height. The light is coming in from the window. It's just a great. It's like the cheapest video setup ever. Um, and actually, I say iPhone because iPhones stick better to suction cups. Android's not. Okay. So, but um, <laughs> yeah, just I mean, use what you've got to get started. Great. And I remember when we got started, which wasn't too long ago, um, we, you gave us some great tips about what to put in the, um, info section underneath the video. Can you just give us a real quick, what are some things we should be putting there and why it's important to put something there? Okay. So like the description, so the titles, description tags. Yeah. Very important. This is something where a lot of people, um, miss this on YouTube 
and don't get to experience the benefits. And yes. YouTube, I mean, YouTube's great. It's free. You can put your videos there. You can embed them into your website. So, you know, if you want to have videos on your website, you've got to put them somewhere other like Vimeo or Wistia or something or, or YouTube. You can't upload them directly to your website. Um, and putting videos on your website is a really good idea too. Um, so it can just be a host and you can just put your video there and then put it on your website and, and people see it on your website, but they'll never find it on YouTube. But it is the second largest search engine. So you want to also take advantage of the fact that people are there looking for your content. So you want to make sure that your title is very descriptive and then your description matches your title. Um, and you've got up to 5,000 characters, I think. So you can write a lot in there. Um, and kind of the beginning of the description is the most important. So really describing what's in your video and then the tags is the next step. And you just kind of um, do the tags <laughs> to um, you know, match the description and the title to tell people what's inside your video. Um, close caption your video so that, so that YouTube knows exactly what you're saying in your video. And then what YouTube does is they kind of look at that and they say, okay, well, this is, I hate to keep using closet organizing, but um, yeah. this, is, this video is clearly about organizing closets because the title, the tags, the description, the closed captioning um, is all about organizing closets. Let's show that to people who are searching um, for closet organization. Um, yeah. So that's one thing is the search. And then also, I'm sure people are familiar on YouTube when you're watching a video about something, it's suggesting 20 other videos down the side that are very similar to that one. So you can watch somebody else, you know, tell you similar stuff and, until you find someone that you really resonate with. Um, those tags and title and description are what puts your video next to other people's videos. So, um, you know, one thing I say is if you go to your YouTube channel, you've been posting a lot of videos and if you look down the side and all you see is your videos, that means that the only thing that YouTube knows about your videos is that you made them. They can't match your video up with anyone else's video. So they're saying, well, this one is most similar to other videos Brighton made because <laughs> that's, that's all we got. <laughs> so gotcha. um, yeah, it's actually a, a symbol of success when you can have all of your, you know, all the videos adjusted as your own videos, but it's also a symbol of failure. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Yeah. And unless you really, really know what you're doing, you're probably on the failure side of that one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we look to experts like you to help us yeah. get out of that, that situation. Yes. Um, so, okay. Let's say we've got the equipment. We have the natural light shining on our face. We have a good five minutes of valuable content that we've um, edited down, or maybe we took one clear shot. We've uploaded it to YouTube now what? Do we just sit and wait for all the people to come watch or, or what should we do to really optimize that? Yeah. So um, one thing I say is, is to release like at the same time so that your audience starts to get same day, same time. So your audience starts to get used to like when to expect your new videos um, okay. and to do all that optimization, all that keywords and uh, tags and titles and descriptions. But then to get your video out there to kind of um, give it a, a head start of sending people there. Um, and you have to think about the, the, the motivation of YouTube. YouTube makes money off of ads. So the more people that are coming to YouTube and watching videos, the more money that YouTube makes. So if you send more people into YouTube, YouTube becomes very happy with you and they will share your video with, with more people because they want to encourage you to do that. So, um, share it out on your social media platforms. And this is a little bit of a double-edged sword because um, 
Facebook, for instance, if you share your video over to Facebook, um, Facebook doesn't like sending traffic over to YouTube. They want you to stay on Facebook and watch their ads. They don't want people to leave and watch a YouTube video. So Facebook kind of buries that post. Um, if you take the same video and upload it to Facebook, Facebook's like, hey, this is, you know, this is content here. People will watch this and they'll continue watching our ads. Uh, people will, your audience will see that more often. So it's a little bit of a, a balancing act to post sometimes your YouTube video to your Facebook page and sometimes uploading it directly, sometimes maybe uploading just a clip from it and saying go over to YouTube to watch this, this whole thing. The same thing going on with LinkedIn now. Um, just a few months ago, LinkedIn didn't have video. So if you posted a YouTube video there, you got a lot of traffic from LinkedIn because they're like, hey, cool, video, people love this. Um, and now that they have their own, um, you probably get 10 times more views if you upload the video directly. So if you take the file and upload directly to LinkedIn instead of embedding from YouTube. Yeah. Once again, YouTube loves having traffic come from LinkedIn. So it's kind of this, you know, where do you want to, to have the most success, I guess. Right. Going back to your why, where, what, what's going to matter to your clients and, and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of to take in, but it, it, I know this to be true, but it, it sounds like coming from an expert like you that it's worth it. It's, it's going to make you um, build that know, like, and trust factor and, and kind of catapult your, your expertise to, to those people that you want to attract. Um, how long does it take, do you think, for your channel to get momentum? Like, let's say, you know, we're just starting, maybe one or two videos is getting those multiple thousands of views. Are you saying you should be doing this for a year consistently? Are you saying, I don't know, yeah. what, what, what should we, how patient should we be with ourselves? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, if you're producing weekly video, probably three to six months is a good time frame where you can expect to start seeing a return. And I think you can go faster on um, Facebook or Instagram, but I think I mentioned this earlier, you know, YouTube starts slow, but it, you know, it lasts forever. So I'm still making money off of yeah. videos that I made right. years ago. Um, versus your Facebook posts, you know, kind of go away within 48 hours or so. Um, so it, it is a longer term thing. And the, the more you post videos, the faster you can get a return. So um, some people are saying, you know, just post every day and just create more and more content. Um, so create valuable content. I think that's, that's key is that there has to be value. Um, otherwise, um, people aren't going to subscribe and consume more and more of your content and share your personality so that people want to come back and hear from you. So I think, you know, you mentioned kind of like, yeah, you, you put a bunch of videos out and a very small percentage of them are going to be that one of those that get thousands and thousands of views. But then there's some strategies to try to move those people from those videos to your other videos. Um, and you just have to keep sharing. And one of the things I, I want to mention, you kind of mentioned this in the beginning, was that your current clients were really excited about your videos. So I think of YouTube as it is a service and it's a service to your current clients. So if you have clients who are asking the same question over and over again, do a quick video about that and post that on YouTube, put it over on your blog. And then when people ask that question, you say, oh, just go watch my video on it. And they're like, oh, that's awesome that you have that. It's kind of like an added service for free for your clients or for your potential clients when you're on the phone with someone, you're like, oh, I got a video about that, just go watch that. They're super excited and other people can watch the video. So you're creating a library of content that's helpful for um, 
for, for you to give to your clients, but it's also a big marketing engine along with it. So I don't try to create too many videos that are just pure marketing, that are just trying to pull people in. It's like the video is going to be valuable to my clients no matter what. If only, if only 10 clients watch this video, um, I'm, that works for me. And if thousands more potential clients watch the video, that's, that's pretty awesome too. <laughs> Yeah. It's, and that's kind of great too, because I know sometimes I feel so stuck about what to create, but you're saying if you just kind of go back and you go through your emails or what are those questions that you keep getting asked either about working with you or your services or actual technique to make a video about it. And it's probably going to do pretty well. Yeah. Or go to your competitors. Um, so I'll go out if I'm looking for a video idea, I'll go out and look at say, you know, Daryl Eves is another guy. He's kind of, he's, he's mentored me a little bit. I'll go to look at the questions that are popping up on his videos because he's got a bigger audience. Ah. Oh yeah, I can answer that question. People are asking him that, but he's too busy to answer it. So I'll go make a video about it. Um, or same thing, go out and look at your competitor's blog, especially if you're just getting started. Um, those questions are out there. Um, Right. Or, uh, there's a great website called Answer the Public um, where you can go in and type in a uh, like a, a keyword or something, closet organizing, and it will just come up with hundreds of questions that people have asked about your topic. Um, so it's a great ah. little tool to be like, oh yeah, these are the questions people these are the questions people are asking about what I know about. That's where I should be making content. That is such a great tip. Um, thank you so much. I want to ask you real quick. I ask all my guests. Um, we in the organizing and productivity industry, at least I know I do. I like to put sticky notes in my office so I know what I need to focus on this week so that I know that if I at least get those two things done, I'm doing pretty good. So if someone wants to start their own YouTube channel, what first two things would you say would have them on a pretty good path to success? Um, so the first thing I would say is post that Facebook video. So get okay. out there, get on the camera and start getting used to um, being on camera and producing content. And the second thing I guess I would say is, um, you know, brainstorm a list of topics and start hmm. to realize like, what is it that people need to, you know, need you for? What is it that, where are the pain points that people are experiencing that you can address on video and ideally it's something that's pretty visual um, and you know that those I think those would be my first two steps um, I think those are great steps cool thank you so much for being generous with your time and your knowledge uh, I know that for us it's been a lot of fun putting what we know on on the internet and showing our faces and our clients are, are recognizing it so um, I have you to thank for that so thanks for sharing this with our listeners as well Great. Well, thank you very much, Sarah. All right. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Stand Out, brought to you by the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to learn more about our educational offerings, our local chapters, and both certification and certificate opportunities. Don't miss an episode as we help you build the business you've always dreamed of owning. Bye.